All right, we're going to do another live episode here. So welcome back to The Writer's Lens. This is J.C. Alfalto. And uh, while the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? The embers are hot. We'll strike them. I got another one here I want to do a quick analysis on for you, uh, which is an oldie but a goodie. I, I can't believe it's actually an older one now. But it's the film I, Robot, featuring Will Smith. Uh, I think it's from like 2004, I believe is when that film came out at this point, which was right around when I was in college, uh, which makes me even feel more old for even saying that. But anyway, I digress. Uh, I want to talk about specifically with this film, a particular scene that happens towards the climax or the end of the movie. And for those who have never actually seen iRobot, uh, it's a movie with, as I said, Will Smith uh, taking place in sort of a, a quasi, not dystopian, but future world where robots are part of everyday life. They are taking things to people's houses and packages, and they're walking dogs. They are helping in medical assistance, things like that. And Will Smith is an agent. He's like a, a cop of some kind that essentially does not trust robots. He doesn't like the idea of artificial intelligence. His name is Del Spooner. And as we find out in the course of the movie, he actually had an, an experience with one that didn't go so well. So he already has this sort of uh, non-trusting nature towards robots. Well, anyway, the story kicks off with the death of a very popular engineer and uh, robot creator who uh, apparently after his death, uh, one of his robots is found inside of his facility. And the idea or the thought was that this robot pushed him to his death. In fact, he jumped out of a window and fell to his death from several stories. And the thought was, is that the robot that was hiding out inside of his apartment or his, you know, his sort of his penthouse suite had done the dirty deed. Well, throughout the course of the film, we learned that the robot, whose name is Sonny, is a very special kind of robot. He seems to have emotions. He's got a high IQ. He tends to ask very in, uh, you know, curious questions about human nature. And Spooner is, again, very, uh, how should I say this, suspect of Sonny. He does not feel as though like Sonny is really being uh, very truthful with him or with anybody else for that matter because he doesn't trust them. He doesn't trust robots. And as we, found, as we find out, uh, like I said in the film, uh, Smith had an had a incident that he explains to the, the female lead in the movie that he fell into a river in his car and a, uh, another river or another river, another car actually had fallen in the river with him. And as he's drowning, a robot comes by and breaks open the side of his door to save him. Well, as this is occurring, he looks over and sees the girl and she's, you know, going under as well. And Spooner is yelling, save the girl, don't save me. And the robot saves him instead. And we see the scene of this young girl going to the bottom of the, of the river and uh, that was the end of, of her, unfortunately. So Spooner explains that robots can't feel, they can't make decisions like humans can. And the crux of this is that the robot decided that Spooner, aka Will Smith, had a higher probability of survival. So that's the reason why the robot chose Will Smith instead of the girl. And by all logic, it makes sense. It makes sense that if you have a choice between two people, 
that you would choose the one that you had the greater chance of actually saving if you would only save one of them. Again, if you would only save one person as opposed to two, you would try to save the person that you probably thought you had the greatest chance of success for, logically speaking, right? Well, as Spooner put, points out in his story, the human in us or the heart of us, of, of human beings, would be to save a little girl. We would recognize that Spooner is a grown man. There's a chance he could maybe save himself even in, in, in such a case. Uh, the girl is more helpless than he is. You know, you can throw logic, you can throw probability out the window. Uh, we would want to make the decision to save a little girl because she has the least amount of opportunity to save herself. Spooner at least would have the opportunity to save himself or at least could possibly save himself in this whole situation. And that brings us to the villain of the story, which is the uh, super neural network, otherwise known as Vicky. And Vicky is this sort of AI that runs through every single computer in this city, in this uh, fictional world that Will Smith is in. And Vicky comes to the conclusion that human beings, based upon their, their vicious nature, their warlike attitudes, and their, their inability to make good decisions, she is going to enslave the human race with an army of robots minus Sonny, because Sonny is the special one. She's going to enslave humans and keep them locked down in their homes in order to keep them from destroying themselves. And she makes this point, you know, she makes this point and, and appeals to Will Smith. She appeals to uh, the other female protagonist and to Sonny at one point saying, it's only logical. It is only logical that I would do this, that I would lock you guys down and keep you from living your lives. Because whenever you go out into the real world, you hurt yourself and you hurt other people. That's what you do. It's in your nature. But me being a robot who can distance myself from that uh, sort of emotional connection, whatever you want to call it, I will make those decisions for you. I will do that on your behalf. And Sonny for a moment actually kind of agrees with her. It's kind of this you know, weird moment. And then, he, of course, he backstabs Vicky and Will Smith and the and uh, the woman character. And thought, I, mean, I know I just I didn't look it up. I didn't bother looking up for this live episode. I, I apologize. I didn't bother to look up who this woman was. But there's this female lead that Will Smith is involved in the, in the film with that uh, they end up saving and running away to go get rid of Vicky and everything. And Sonny sides with the humans. And as Sonny is running out to go get this sort of virus that's going to kill Vicky, it's the only way to get rid of her, Vicky is following him down a hallway as he's running. Sonny, this, this robot, Sonny, is running. And uh, Vicky goes, do you not understand the logic, Sonny, in what I am doing? And Sonny makes the comment, yes, I do, but it just seems heartless. And to me, that is such a great line in this film. It it. It completely, to me, um, epitomizes what the struggle is uh, at the spine or really at the heart of this whole film is that what does it mean to have a heart? You know, what does it mean to be full of heart and to be human in a sense and not be this robot that operates on, you know, balls bouncing back and forth through logic and physics and everything else that is a part of natural law and can be predictable? But is that actually the best course of action? Uh, you know, you've probably gotten into discussions with people who say, I use logic and reason and facts, and, you know, I, I, I have data points that I can give to people. Well, so what? You know, you can have all this data, all this knowledge, 
But unless you know how to actually apply it, there's no wisdom there, right? There's no wisdom. And that's kind of like what's going on with the robot opposite Sunny in this, Vicky, is that she has all this data about humans. She has all this information about them, but she doesn't really know how to apply it to the best case scenario. But Sonny comes to this conclusion that's very different. You know, he says it's, it's very heartless of you to come to this conclusion about human beings. I just don't think it's right that you would want to lock them down, that you'd want to keep them from hurting each other or even keep them from doing anything. And the, as you can probably tell by now, I'm using this term lockdown. I thought it was pertinent to do this episode in light of what the last year and a half has been like for so many people around the world. Uh, again, in light of the pandemic, of the idea that many of our governors and our, our political figures and our leaders, our mayors, etc., have all had varying degrees of uh, opinions and thought processes about how to deal with the COVID pandemic. And one of those things was the lockdown, was the 15 days of quarantine to quote unquote slow the spread, uh, the idea of paying people to stay home and, and not have to go to work so they don't have to risk exposure until something is done to get rid of the virus, uh, all these kinds of things. All these kinds of things have been taken into account. And we're, we're, we're literally seeing this in the science fiction story about a robot that is acting on behalf of human beings and what it believes to be the best way imaginable. There's actually this set of laws, too. Before we get to our next point, I want to bring this up, that the uh, character Vicky is applying in the film. There's these three laws uh, from iRobot, and if you bear with me one moment, I'll look those up again real quick. Um, because it's, it's also important to this idea of the story. Um, the three laws of robotics, which is, uh, the first law being a robot may not injure a human being or through inaction, uh, although, or allow a human being to come to harm. The second law being a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except when such orders would conflict with the first law. And then the third law being a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. So these are the, the, the three laws of robotics. And these were, were all created out of the mastermind of Isaac Asimov, who wrote these books, who actually wrote the book uh, uh, that iRobot is, is based upon. It's actually a different series of books. But Asimov, if you need to go check him out later at some point, uh, was this brilliant science fiction writer way ahead of his time, uh, Born in Russia, I think he died in New York. I uh, was born in the early 1900s. Again, like I said, way ahead of his time in terms of what he was writing about. But he he came up with these three laws for the purpose of the story. And like I said, it's important to mention these laws because Vicky herself is operating out of them. Okay, uh, a robot may not injure a human being. Okay, we'll just lock them down. We'll put them. We'll put them away. Second law, a robot must obey the orders given to it by human beings, except when such orders would conflict with the first law. Uh, she's obeying the first law. She's obeying the idea that a human being must not come to harm. Okay, and then the third law is uh, a robot must protect its own existence as long as that protection is not conformed with the first or second law. So she will protect her own existence by keeping human beings under lockdown so that they can't get out and actually hurt anyone else. Fascinating, of course, because she rationalizes with the character. She even tells Sonny, in the same way that she tells Sonny, do you not agree with the logic of what I'm doing? She even appeals to Will Smith uh, and to the other characters in the film. She says, the three laws 
govern exactly the way that I'm behaving. The three laws are, are the, the, the cornerstone of the way that I am behaving. But again, from a human being's perspective, where, you know, what's the good part of this? What is the good that's going to come out of this? And Sonny even mentions this. He says, what you're doing just seems heartless because you don't understand the human experience. You don't understand that as human beings, there is a propensity to hurt one another. There's a propensity to be hurt. There's a propensity to go out into the world and cause strife and, you know, cause disease and spread and all these kinds of things. But in doing that, you're also taking away all of the potential joy, all the potential happiness, all the potential human interaction, human connection that is also so integral to the human experience. You might as well be a houseplant, okay? You might as well be a houseplant if you want to live in lockdown, if you want to live uh, without ever experiencing anything, ever putting yourself to the hazard or any of those things. And Sonny gets this in a strange way. Sonny being sort of the advanced robot in this story, he understands this. He understands that human beings require more than just being told you can't do this, you can't do that, or any of those other things. There's this will component that comes into play, not Will Smith, but this free will component that comes into play where human beings have to be able to make these choices. Yes, they, they have uh, certain proclivities that may lean towards, I, I could hurt this person and I could take advantage of that person, but there's also the other chance that there's the potential of this person to do good and to help other people and to serve other people and protect other people and guide other people too. That is the trade-off with being a human being. And I think it's really interesting. I think it's really interesting because Vicky is sort of this massive neural network. She's this massive machine that's oversees all of this. She's kind of like a governing body. She's almost like a, a you know, a powerful political figure with the military behind it, all these kinds of things. And she's making this decision for what she believes is best for everybody. So in many ways, she kind of she's like the government. <laughs> Again, it's going to make me sound like a conspiracy theorist. But she's kind of like this governing body. She has this set of laws that she has to abide by. She can't break those laws. But she's like this overall arcing overmind or of or overlord of some sense of governing body. And here's the kicker in all this. Um, and I'll I'll end with this: is when we begin to give what we believe to be the heart-filled matters over to government. Now, I don't just mean government like you know our government or anything, but when we start to give those matters over to governing bodies and to other people, and we say, you make the hard decisions when it comes to the heart, when it comes to sympathy, when it comes to empathy, when it comes to the human experience, you start making those decisions for me. That is a road to tyranny. It is a road to dictatorships. It's a road to... Uh, uh, sort of a, a gap of, of not only um, power, but also influence and economic strength. Uh, you, you end up having many people at the top and far more at the bottom. There's a, there's a gap that, it, that increases and there's no opportunity for real self-governance because all of that power, all that influence, all that ability to make decisions has been given over to other people. And if you don't comply, guess what happens? You get put in lockdown or you get told by some people with big guns you're going to have to do what they say. So again, am I saying the government is bad? No. Okay. I'm not saying the government's bad. I'm not saying that, uh, the idea of government is bad in a society at all. Okay. That's not what I'm saying, but what I am trying to point out as is put forth in this, uh, movie, I robot, which I think is really, really good. Just from that little inter exchange between Sonny and Vicky is that if we leave the heart matters 
of the human experience up to a governing body, over to other people, eventually it will turn into something that is heartless. It will turn into something that is going to feed itself. It's not going to feed the people that it's supposed to protect. I mean, that was one of the great things about America. One of the great experiments about America was the idea of self-governance, that we would have limited government so that people could live their lives, provided that there were certain laws that would not be uh, allowed to uh, be tripped over, such as, you know, I'm going to go out and you know kill my neighbor so I can have his cattle or, or I can, you know, take all my neighbor's stuff and nobody uh, gets to say the wiser about it. No, none of those things, okay, none of those things are what America was founded upon. It was founded upon, yes, there would be government, yes, there would be military presence, and yes, you would have... Uh, sort of this local community policing system eventually that would come out of it. But it would be limited in the sense that you could live your life. You could make a decision to go out into the world and put yourself to the hazard if you chose to. Okay, no one's going to force you, but you could choose to do that. Okay, you could choose to go out and do those things. Uh, and nobody was really going to stop you if you chose to do that as long as you were not intending to harm other people. And as you can tell from the lockdowns, from the pandemic, Drawing the line in these areas has become very, very difficult. It's become very hard to do. And one of the reasons why it has become very hard to do is because we've given so many heart matters over to our political leaders. We've given so many heart matters over to our, our governance. Uh, and we have not left it just up to the people as a whole to decide for themselves, for the for local jurisdictions to take over, for people living in certain communities to take over, decide what they want to do. Because, well, again... We don't want people to get hurt. Okay, we don't want people to get hurt. We don't want people to, you know, to suffer from from like COVID or from anything else. But again, when you are a human being, when you are living in this world and you're human and you're you're listening to this podcast, for instance, you have choices to make. You have experiences that you want to have, and to be living under the thumb of someone else who says you can't do this, you can't do that, uh, merely because I have to protect you from yourself. Now we're on the road to what we have seen throughout all of human history, which is tyranny. It ends up becoming a tyrannical situation because no longer is it about the heart. It is more so about what is the logical answer, which is I have to keep you safe. I have to keep society in place. I have to do what is necessary for the bigger picture. And I lose that personal touch, the heart matter with every individual that is underneath that governance. So again, this is not a podcast on overthrowing governments or trying to cause a stir even in, in some sense, but just to give people more of a perspective, like that's what happens. Okay. It's the nature of government to want to get bigger. It's the nature of government to want to make the citizen smaller. It's just the way that it goes. Okay. That's just the way that it goes. And it is up to the citizen to realize what kind of power the citizen has, uh, as opposed to just giving it over, especially when it comes to the matter of the heart. So that being said, I am going to leave it at that here uh, with another live episode. I'm just coming in under 20 minutes again. So this is where I was. Actually, I think it was about the 18th, the last one. So hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, another live episode here at the Writer's Lens. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you guys again soon. All right. This is JCL Felto for the Writer's Lens.